Welcome to the Modern Connection Podcast, where we seek out the core philosophies and practices that undergird human connectedness and flourishing in modern society. I'm your host, Steve Dean, and today's guest is Max Alley, a former employee at the dating app Coffee Meets Bagel, and now the founder at Matchup Dating Coaching. Max lives and breathes dating. He even did his senior thesis at Bates College on how one's personality influences their explicit and implicit preferences for monogamy. At Coffee Meets Bagel, he handled customer support, so he got to talk to thousands of users about how they were approaching the technology of dating. In this episode, Max and I go head-to-head as two dating consultants, sharing our best tips and strategies for dating profile design, profile photos, first messages, and the most common pitfalls people run into when they get started with online dating. We even have Max do a professional review of one of my dating profiles. I'm so excited to have someone like Max working in this industry, because he's done his homework and is grounded in the deep psychology behind dating and relationships. Oh, and at the end of this episode, Max reveals a creative online dating first message strategy that you can try out this week and report back if it works for you. So, without further ado, here's Max Alley. Yes, we are live. All right. Um, So yeah, I'm here with Max Alley. We are currently prepping for a podcast episode. We haven't decided what the topic's going to be. We have two in consideration right now. Dating app photos and getting into relationships. This is Steve Dean from Date Working and Max Alley from Matchup Dating Coaching. Matchup Dating Coaching. Fresh, fresh new business that I'm starting. Um, can I tell you about my business? Yeah. So it's pretty much exactly what you do, um, which is like advising people on their... Um, profile. So it's actually not bad. So it's helping people get set up. It's like a starter pack for dating, uh, online dating, mm-hmm. sort of like a Magic the Gathering starting pack. So basically, I'm taking the full overhaul of it. So it's pretty much helping you. I'm going around with a DSLR digital camera and taking your photos um, and then helping you write your bio, helping you choose the right app for you, and helping give you a couple like opening liners and general like go to market strategy with online dating. But the photos is the new thing. I'm gonna I have like a DSLR camera and like I really think that the biggest gap in people's skills is having a solid set of photos mm-hmm. because a lot of people's photos are currently reactive where it's just sort of like I'm in this photo tagged on Facebook or Instagram or like hey just smile for the photo surprise motherfucker like there's five photos of me posing with my friends in which we all look the same we all look the same um but if you take maybe an hour and set some intention about what you want your photos to look like then it really makes a world difference like in Coffee Meets Vega like when I was looking at a million profiles like it really is all about the pictures um and like Instagram can tell you that any photo you can make any person look really great. Yeah, and it's not just about whether they look good because for me and maybe this is a power user problem, but like for me I'm looking for certain things in the photo like good photos aren't enough. Having miraculously perfect beautiful 10 out of 10 photos does very little for me because I'm not looking just for attractive people. I'm looking for people who have those like quirky and weird nuances that signal to me that they are worth my time and attention because like there's an endless i'm on 200 dating apps like i never will have a shortage of attractive people to message that's not the problem 
The problem is I want nerdy people. Show me a woman who's playing Magic the Gathering in her photo, and it happens to be a nice DSLR photo, yeah. and I'm sold. I'm smitten. But, like, if she's just smiling for the camera as, like, a candid headshot, that's that's boring to me. That's not useful. I want the photos to tell me the story, and it should be the story that captures all of their weird quirks that would make them more interesting for me in the first place. It gives me something to talk about. Exactly. So, like, when I go to someone and I'm saying, hey, what photos do you want in your dating profile they're like i don't know something that makes me look good something with good lighting and i'm like no like what do you do like how do you spend your time and we're just going to take photos of you doing that certain thing if that's playing the magic gathering with your friends we'll get your friends and we'll take a really high resolution photo of you doing that because you're going to want to match with people that find that interesting and i think what people are not totally keen to yet is the fact that there are kind of unlimited people on dating apps that allow you to filter. So, like, what you were talking about before is you want someone that has your interests um, or has a similar interest with you, and you can polarize to find that specific person. Like, people sometimes worry that they might be exhausting all of their options, um, but kind of not really. I would say there's certain phrases that you can actually use as your, like, go-to idealized phrases you want people to say in describing your photos. So like one of them is, you're fucking weird and I love you. Like mm. what's the photo of you where a friend would look at it and be like, this is so you. Yeah. And it's so weird, but it's good and it makes me appreciate who you are. Like that's a really powerful photo because that tells a whole story in and of itself. Do you have any like examples? There's another of that? one like I totally fuck that person. Like that's another one that you may like in the context of someone looking through your photos I kind of want someone to go through a series, like an emotional journey through these photos. So like, I want them to be attracted to me. I want them to recognize like, here, here's the body shot that shows like, I put work into my body, I put work into my appearance, and this is the one that shows that. But I'm also quirky, I'm not just something to look at. So there, there's other weird nuances to my life that I appreciate, that my friends appreciate, and here's a photo showcasing that, or maybe multiple photos. And maybe I'm not always in a backyard or like having a barbecue or like maybe I travel a lot. So you need at least one or two photos showing like, where are you found on this world? Are you just in your office all the time? Are all of your photos just at family parties? Where does your attention live? But don't be at Machu Picchu. Hey, I've very strongly appreciated certain Machu Picchu photos. <laughs> it really depends. Sometimes, What if I'm looking to date people who have been to places that I would love to go and maybe we could plan a trip together? You know, there's, I would say that it's rare that you can just say categorically don't do something unless you know specifically um, what kind of people that person wants to attract. Would you be so bold as to take me through your photos and walk me through that journey that you're trying to come across? I mean, obviously you put some thought into this and you help other people figure this out, but I think you can say, oh, this photo represents you, this for you, but it really helps to have like concrete examples like of what each photo represents. Yeah, I mean, this is a podcast, so obviously it's going to be a little bit difficult, but we can we can go through and describe a few and see um, what my thoughts were going in. Sure. I think I'm, I'm pulling up the app Hinge right now because that's one that kind of lets you gear up your photos for more of a photo story, um, and I like that. How about well, I, have, as a fun example, I say what I think you're trying to come across in each photo. That's what you're, you're going to look at my photos? And I'm going to look at your photos right, yeah, and let, say let's, here. Let's hear, let's hear your one-liners as you go through. So we've got the first one. You're in a onesie with a cup of coffee with your eyes closed. Honestly, I probably wouldn't pick this as my first photo. But 
it says, I'm weird and I fucking love it. Maybe. So, the onesie is a dangerous one to pick because it is a weird starting photo, and a lot of people might be like, oh, that this one's not, it, this person's too silly, they're not serious. Anyone looking for like a financially well off partner might not pick the one who's showing up as their first photo in a onesie. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not trying to appeal on the basis of my professionalism or anything else. I'm going for that like nerdy, silly appeal in this particular profile. Okay. Um, I'm nerdy. I am silly. I am not your stoic professional. Yes. I think that's one of the first things I want people to capture. And also note that the thing that Hinge does is it lets people respond to your profile Mm -hmm. based on individual photos. So they can literally reply to the photo. And what I've noted is that in terms of the photos people most consistently like of mine, this one is one of the most frequently commented on. Okay. And what that signals to me is that the people who are messaging me tend to enjoy this photo. They delight in it. And so for me, even if I don't necessarily think it's putting my best face forward or even most representative of me, it's something that the data has shown people are engaging with at a higher than average rate. Okay. Uh, and last thing, it, it's a cartoon character onesie. Is that a reference to something that you hope women will get? <laughs> it's Domo, the cartoon character. Um, and it happens to be my sister's onesie. I literally know nothing <laughs> about Domo. Okay. So. Do you send him a message? You'd be like, oh my god, Domo, I love it so much. Um, interestingly, no. Most people are just like, they appreciate that it's a onesie. They don't really recognize what it is. Gotcha. All right, let's go to photo number two. Photo number two looks like you at a protest, um, wearing a nice scarf, a nice, very Manhattan winter outfit. Um, we've got a meme that you're holding at the protest sign that says, current mood, no. It's a grumpy cat. It's a grumpy cat. <laughs> and so I see a couple things in this photo. There, says, you're missing another critical element here. That you're being interviewed? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you're being interviewed at this protest, talking about your meme. Um, I think that says I'm politically active and I'm in my community, but I'm not your, I'm not going to talk your ear off about politics. I understand, but I can sort of say things in a more concise, simple, playful way. Um, so it says I'm intelligent, like, like on the opposite end of the silly onesie photo it's saying, I am silly, yes, but I'm also woke and intelligent and well-versed on political issues. I will take that. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, that, that is partly why I inserted it there and in mm. that order. Um, but I, I think you gave me perhaps an overly generous <laughs> reading yeah. on that photo, but I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> um, let's go on to the next one. So there is you... With sunglasses on, you know that's a big no-no in the da- online dating world. It's a big no-no for your first photo. For your first photo. This is a third photo now. We've got a cute little feathery tiara going on here, and it shows I'm feminine and I'm playful. Did you get feminine from that? A little bit. I, I wouldn't have read feminine. like my. Or is I'm comfortable enough with my masculinity. Comfortable with my masculinity is what I was going for. Sure. Like co- and it's also like, it's a combination of the sunglasses and the like frilly tiara. Yeah. That showcases that it's like almost this weird fusion of like douchebag look, but with the playful like cosplay yeah. approach. So it, it's showcasing that like, look, masculinity is not something that I'm strongly beholden to. Yeah. I can 
look masculine even in the context of doing something that is otherwise considered relatively yeah. feminine. This also speaks to me that like I have female friends that one of them put this on me <laughs> and I'm comfortable wearing this and I'm I'm not playing with my male friends right now. I'm playing with like either female friends or a group of male and female friends. And that is arguably one of the most important things you can do as a male identified person in online dating is make it clear that you actually have female friends because that's one of the number one things that makes women feel comfortable. Yeah. Knowing, like, you know, it's like when women see a ring on the finger, it's like someone tolerates you. Okay. Someone found you, you know, sufficiently safe to date that they would marry you. So like the ring is a signal of safety and security uh, and baseline, you know, efficacy as a person. Where do you think the line is between like obviously the impression you want to give off is that I have female friends and I'm someone that women trust um but how is that different from just showing you with a bunch of women and like overtly saying that um what are some like subtleties that you can do to give off the preferred I think a lot of it depends on the way in which the women are engaging with you whether implicitly or explicitly if you're just in a group and there's no like you have no proof that any of those women even know you, then that's not doing you many favors. Mm. I mean, the fact that maybe they're hanging out with you, maybe it's a birthday party, like you can always show up as the creepy person unannounced. So like it's not bona fide evidence that you in fact have female friends. If it's a like fun thing where one of your female friends is like putting a hat on you, and that's the photo that was captured, then like it shows that like you're able to you know, captivate someone's attention in a way that makes them feel safe and enjoy, like enjoy their time with you. Um, so it, I think just whatever that photo shows, if you really like, think about from the perspective of women who are looking at it, are they going to, like, if it's just you and one woman and you're doing like a couple pose, then the code that they might adopt is, oh, this person's taken or this person is um, like weird because they're making it seem like they have a significant partner and yet they're on this dating app, ostensibly single, so why? Or, like, that's giving red flags and question marks. Or they're recycling an old photo from an old relationship. Yeah, or, okay. like, is that their sister? Is that their mom? And if you add the caption, hey, it's my mom, like, then it's still kind of, like, yeah. it's easier if it's your mom. It might be more recognizable as, like, you know, someone significantly older than you. But, like, if it's a sister or a close female friend, like, you'd want to be careful in terms of, because you can't, expect someone to read your caption. You can't expect someone to do that much generosity of interpretation on your behalf. You're a stranger. So my, the way I always try to optimize is I try to reduce question marks in people's minds mm -hmm. and reduce red flags. And I just want to have them experience, like if you imagine like the, you know, when you're looking at like an Instagram live story, the reactions, people have like the happy faces, the angry faces. I want when people are scrolling through, I want it to be all like happy faces, intrigued faces, maybe even mild arousal if I'm depending on what app I'm on. Yeah. Um, so it's really like how do you structure the kinds of reactions? How do you prime the kinds of reactions that you're excited for people to have in response to your profile, in, in response to the experience of engaging with your profile? Um, so yeah, we can move on. Like, what is the, what would you say of the next photo? This one. And the last photo is a selfie. <laughs> okay. But it's a happy selfie. It's it's really showing your full face. Um, and that's what I like about this photo, too. It's a, it's a sincere face, um, but it's a... I can't get over the fact that it's a selfie. It's not just any selfie, though. Tell, tell me more about it. Okay, well, 
where am I in this photo? Oh, look at that. You have to tap to get onto that. I don't know if a lot of people would do that. Anyway, so you can tap on this photo and it tells you that I am in Chiang Mai visiting a waterfall right next to an old meditation hut. Boom. I travel. <laughs> so I but that's that also very important. I here got that travel photo in. There's mm -hmm. also live video, which is another interesting... Like there, There's two more photos we have, one yeah. of which is a video. Um, and Hinge will tell you that their algorithm actually makes it so that your profile will get more views if you put a video in yeah. it. Similar to Instagram, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you uh, use their new features, you're going to get shown more. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a video of you... Playing some sort of music at a booth with stuffed animals. <laughs> this looks like you're at some sort of event. It is Maker Fair. It is Maker and Fair. And they're musical plushies. Oh. So, and if you play the sound, like these little stuffed animals actually make music as you play them. Like the giraffe is like a guitar, and its neck has all the buttons. So mm. it's. it's well, I'll, I'll let you interpret that however yeah. you want. And it's sort of tying back to the onesie thing. This is like, I'm cute, I'm creative, I'm playful. But this is also interesting because it says that like you go to events and I am not just like sitting in my house. I'm going to alternative festivals or street fairs where there are creative people because I am a creative person. And now the last photo. And the last photo is you with a horse in black and white. I think it says, I'm cute, I'm sweet, I love animals, because you love animals. <laughs> this is one that I have gotten a huge amount of positive feedback from. In Iceland. From, it is in Iceland. Um, but from women who appreciate, A, that I'm able to show that I'm affectionate, that animals trust me mm -hmm. you know if you can't necessarily show that people trust you at the very you know like they all say like show the photo of you and a puppy to show that you know this animal trusts me and like i get along with creatures i'm not a sadist i'm not going to kill people yes i think that's a kind of important thing to showcase and well, in this photo right I'm, there go ahead i think <laughs> overall <laughs> the most important thing you want to show with your photos is that i am not a creepy person and you don't have to spell it out, but that is really a woman's number one fear in meeting someone online, is that this is a creepy person that can hurt me or provide me with negative emotions. The interesting flip side to that is that this does not apply in the other direction. I think in many cases when women showcase their profiles to make them look creepy, sometimes that actually makes them more alluring. Because men are like, well, fuck it. Like, this is, this this is interesting. interesting. This, this is, is different. This is not just the generic, like, six white girls in dresses all standing in a row for brunch. This yeah. is, like, this person, I don't know, like, with a hatchet in their mouth, blood coming down their shirt, looking wild-eyed off camera. Like, that's interesting. Like, yeah. men will read that most of the time as, like, oh, this person has personality. Yeah. <laughs> There's something going on here that I want to inquire about. I think there was a study that actually was ran where they talked about men and women's fears in online dating, the number one fear. Um, and men's number one fear was that women would be fat. <laughs> and women's number one fear is that this man would hurt them or kill them. Um, and so that just really shows where people's priorities are at. Um, so anything you can do to make your... Anything that you might think, oh, this might think I'd come off as a little creepy in this photo, best to nip, nip it in the bud because... That's really not what you want to really show. 
Yeah, I think an important like larger um, perspective that we can apply to this. Like we've been just touching on photos primarily, but I've been really looking back to the entire process of going from I don't have any online dating accounts to the point where I'm actively on a date with someone that I enjoy. And like there's a lot of variables in there beyond just photos. You have your profile, you have the way you message people, you have your photos, you have the, even the site you choose in the first place, you have the date suggestions that you put forth, you have the texting back and forth before the date. Like at any given point in that process, someone can just decide, well, fuck this person, I don't like them, or I'm bored with them, or they've taken too long to reply, or they said something creepy. Like there's so many opportunities to screw up and most people have no idea when they're going to screw up, whether they're going to screw up, what they might have said wrong, because they don't have really good mental models around, like, how the world is perceiving them, and how even, like, the lexicon that they grew up with, that could be something, like, the words they choose, while it's comfortable for them and their friends, may be very uncomfortable for the people that they're messaging, and they don't even realize that. Like, when most men are told by their male friends, oh, just, like, tell her she looks pretty, and then they say that, and now what are they now? Like they are now in the group of 90% of men's messages on online dating, which say, Hey cutie. Hey hottie. Hey beautiful. You're so gorgeous. I love your eyes. Like women don't want this. It has been shown time and time again that while women generally do appreciate people appreciating the work they put into their looks, they do not want that to be the only thing they're messaged about. And they do not want it to be the first thing they're messaged about because it immediately makes them feel objectified. But the way I look at it is like, have you ever seen the, um, it was a conjunction junction, like how a bill becomes a law, that, 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 that old yes. tune. And it basically shows how, like, at any given step in the process, the bill, we're trying, the bill can die. So, like, someone can veto someone from one house or the other house. So that could be, like, maybe the woman you're trying to approach or the man you're trying to approach liked your first photo, but when they got to the second photo, like, oh, no, veto. Or maybe they were really smitten, but then their friend looks at it and is like, oh, God, no, they, they like Dave Matthews, veto. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many ways in which this little fledgling interaction you're starting here can suddenly be vetoed and it's really scary for a lot of people because you know even think about the i know um like if you're like an indian man swiping on tinder in san jose where it's like a majority indian men it's very um very heavily skewed in the male to female ratio so like, there are very few available women in san jose california and so in terms of, you would have to swipe right on like a thousand people just to get like one to three different matches. And they're not even necessarily good matches. You might just be getting the bots mm-hmm. because what you're dealing with is that people are vetoing so consistently because all they're seeing is the same thing over and over and over and over. And so it really, like, there are things that matter that most people don't even realize. So like the location you're swiping in. So I didn't even mention that originally. I said like profile, bio, photos, messaging, um, which where app you, you choose, but where you are. Like, I use Tinder when I'm in Philadelphia, and it's worlds apart the experience there compared to being in New York. Um, when I'm swiping on Tinder in San Francisco, my match rate is probably somewhere around like 10% uh, at best. In New York, it's like 24%. And so, what does that tell me? Like, I'm getting, you know, more than 2x the bang for my buck when I'm swiping in New York. And so, and th- th- these numbers can be, like, and this this is like as a you know I'm a self-identified like, cis white male, and so like that's a a huge factor in what how many swipes you actually have to do and what kinds of photos you have to put up, and so depending on so many different variables, like you actually 
if you don't know the like the micro and macro environments that you're engaging in, then you just end up kind of lost, and you'll wonder, what's why am I screwing? Where am I screwing up? How am I screwing up? What's going on here? And I just feel bad for so many people who don't have access to the data that would actually make or break their experience. I think you touched on something that I think is very important for online dating, but also in life, which is recognizing what everyone else is doing and going apart from that to stand out from that and being unique. And I think uniqueness is something that is totally, totally unappreciated in online dating. Like, I mean, we you've listened to people like us talking about what conventional norms you should have for your photos. You have the dog picture, you have the picture that shows you being cute in the photo. But I think because there is so many options and so many choices and so many things to swipe on, they can all start to look the same after a while. And I think there's a lot of merit to having something that is different from the norm and makes you stand out. It is really frustrating when you have like 10 or 20 people that you're attracted to, that you've matched with, that you've messaged, that you're now texting with and you haven't actually met up with because you never got enough information from their profile to signify what they actually like doing or what it is about them that would make it worth inserting into your schedule. I mean, I'm speaking from a heavily New York perspective here. Mm -hmm. Like, people are so busy that, like, there, there are people I've been messaging for over two years and have not yet met up with. In some cases, over five years. And it's just because, you know, we're in different countries most of the time. And even though we were in the same city when we matched and when we started messaging, you know, life happens. And it's not any of our fault, but it's just an interesting quirk of online dating is that you, I mean, this is not even necessarily confined to online dating. You can meet someone at a party, hit it off, and then not see them again for until the next party because you don't have any other common points of connection. Yeah. But that's what it, in both cases, the, the, the problem is the same and the solution may also be the same. Like, how do you increase the total number of points of connection? So frequently when I'm sending someone a message, I give them a little overview of like, these are the things that are on my docket for the week. These are the fun things that I'm going to be at. So like, maybe you're not free Friday for dinner, but maybe you're free Thursday for this lecture I'm going to. Maybe you're free Saturday for a hike because I really want to get outdoors. And so I give people a number of options. And then basically, I mean, you may have to send this to a couple different people, but I'm not going to send it willy nilly to randos who may not care. I'm going to send it to the people who care most about the kinds of things that I'm already doing. Sure. But they need to say in their profile what they care about. And that's that's the lesson here is like, how can you make your profile so completely showcase who you are? And it's not just your text profile, it's also your photos. Because someone should be able to look at your photos, read your profile, and have a very clear sense, A, that this is you. You know, if someone goes through your entire profile, if one of your friends came across your profile and they didn't know it was you, you failed. <laughs> Because Absolutely. if a close friend wouldn't be able to recognize you from your profile text, then either you're intentionally trying to hide your identity, which is legitimate in some cases. You know, if you're on a kink profile or a kink app as like a, a high-powered lawyer, you kind of want to hide that identity a little bit because you could sure. be fired. Um, but for most people, if your personality is not showing up in your profile, you've screwed up. And how can you make that better? I mean, we can. I'm curious about your thoughts on what you would do to showcase really who you are in a profile. Well, I think what's really interesting is a lot of points of contact and just more information. I mean, the only, so there's the question of what you put in your profile, and then there's also the question of how much you put in your profile. And I think people really need to put more in their profiles. I mean, there is, 
two ends of the spectrum. There's Tinder, where a lot of people don't even have any bio or information, and then there is OkCupid, where you write a whole novel about yourself. Um, but even when you're looking at an OkCupid profile, I found myself not turned off by having so much information. I think the really just the general rule of thumb is the more information, the better. Um, and I really think there is no limit to how much information you can put in your profile because each thing can be a jump off point. Um, and I think dating apps are sort of starting to be woke to this. So let's just take Tinder, for example. So Tinder is notorious for really not having the colloquially having a lot people having a lot of information in their profile in terms of bio. It's usually just sort of one quirky sentence, just like, let's go get pizza and smoke weed and watch Netflix. Um, Best profile. Which is a great profile. <laughs> but let's say you, that's not all you do. Um, it could be how you want to date, but there are a lot of aspects to your personality. The human being and each of us are incredibly complex human beings that there's no way you can condense everything to one line. But you're not limited to one line. You really can have like 20 different lines and 20 different things about you. Um, when I was in Colombia, I checked out the Tinder scene and I was just trying to see like, what does a country that is like not as into online dating look like with the profiles? And I kind of saw what I expected. Pretty much 90% of profiles didn't have any information on them. It was just photos and just maybe a few photos. Um, but no one really bothered to write anything about their profile because I guess it was sort of the pra general practice there. Um, however, the profiles that did have information were the profiles I was the most interested in. And it totally scaled that way too. Like the more information that was in a profile, the more interested I was in this person. Because A, this person gives a shit and wants to put some information about themselves out there. And also, each different thing was a point of contact that I could find interesting. They were saying, oh, I traveled to London. And I'm like, oh, I could talk to you about London. Or it says, I'm studying psychology. And I'm like, oh, I studied psychology too. That's a, it's a jump off point to talk about. Um, and I think, yes, learning about you is really important, but you also in your profile want to give easy, low-hanging fruit for people to message you about. Um, and there really is no limit to how much you can put on there because you are a very interested, multifaceted person and you have multiple things that people can ask you about. I believe the limit is about 250 characters. So is that true? Unless your emoji game is really strong, you may, you'll, you'll run into the natural limits. But even like, give your top 20 words. What are the words that like people associate more strongly with you than with an average person? Mm -hmm. Like that's already getting you closer in the direction. You can even put your favorite words. Maybe people share your favorite words because they're very unique to you. There's a lot of words. So if you're just listing your favorites, yeah. words that like you happen to really live by or care about, that can be its own form. Like that's not taking up too many characters, but it's showcasing a lot of your personality. Um, I just thought of a really funny thing that I wanted to say. Um, Looking, I was looking at a bunch of Tinder profiles, but I also checked out Bumble a little bit because Columbia is like still on Bumble a little bit. So funny. Every single message I got, hola. Hola. Just, just an hola. It's like the high and the hay. It's, it's the high and the hay. It's anything and everything. They didn't open with gifts? No gifts. Every, I, I think I matched with a hundred people and every single message was hola, 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 hola. So women are not doing any better than men in the online dating game when it comes to first messages, it seems. It seems that way, yeah. Um, I would note, 
just as a point of discrepancy from what you originally claimed, there is a thing called the halo effect. Mm -hmm. And that's where if you show limited information about yourself, you know, just photos, no profile, maybe people would then treat that as a, oh, like they get to make up the story for you. Whereas if you included information, if, if, like, if I include that I'm polyamorous in my profile, I will see my match rate drop by like 80% instantly. And the halo effect would say, like, as soon as you add more information, it can potentially give people more reasons to reject you. And so you have to be careful about, like, I, there is a legitimate case to be made for including less information in the profile, and that's because it maximizes your chances of inbound interest, because you're not giving anyone reasons to actively reject you. Whereas if you include more information, they might have more points where, well, as soon as they come across Dave Matthews, they're like, nope, I, I'm done, this is over. And it's not to say that it's a bad thing. I think there's... I, I personally argue in favor of including way more information. Totally. Because it lets the people who are your best matches get even more excited about how good a match they are with you rather than giving them nothing and then you have to do all the legwork yourself. Like, the coolest thing about online dating is that it does the work for you while you're sleeping. Yeah. Like, people are still swiping on you even when you're not even on the... app. Like, you're no longer logged in. You're just chilling there with your friends. People are still seeing your profile. They're still swiping. So it's doing the work for you while you're not paying attention. And if you're not, if your profile doesn't stand for itself and you have to do all the work of messaging yourself, that's just giving you extra work. But talking about the halo effect, like let's go back to the polyamory example. So you have that you're polyamorous in your profile and if you don't include that, the halo effect gets you more matches. Yet you have 80% more matches. Um, but that ultimately puts more time on your plate and more work for you to do to filter through all those people that ultimately you reveal that you're polyamorous and then the, the gig is up. Where I think it's actually important to include that. And let's let's say you're getting fewer matches, but that's the, you get a higher percentage of matches are people that you actually want to connect with and actually want to meet with. And because of the prevalence of online dating and because there's hundreds of thousands of profiles in your area, that's really important. I think once you get your shit together in terms of arranging a solid profile with good pictures and a bio, your problem really is not getting matches. You, you always be able to get matches because there are always people on the app. The real problem is interacting with those matches and building a connection and, and like actually getting out onto dates. Um, and I would rather have 10 profiles that are interested in all the crazy shit I'm interested in um, that I can message and talk to and whatever than a hundred matches that 10% chance <laughs> to only 10% of them will be will actually turn into a great date and that's just like a lot of texting and a lot of work on my end. So you bring up an interesting topic that we haven't ventured into so let's use this topic to round out the episode. Um, it's how do you let's say you you've optimized your profile, and now you have a lot of information about yourself, you're proud of it, your friends can confirm this is you, this is great, you now have a bunch of people messaging you, hopefully. How do you transition this into something more than just yet another one of the dozens of people on dozens of dating apps who are messaging you? What's your favorite strategy for getting offline? I was going to ask you this. I was actually going to try to pivot this as well, <laughs> but I have a, a somewhat controversial approach to this. Uh, I think you really should not spend that much time on a dating app at all. I really think that if you have matched with someone, they have expressed interest in meeting up with you, and 
like you were saying before, that there are so many chances for a pitfall. There are so many, like the bill turning into a law. There are so many chances for someone to reject you. And then there, there's passing through the photos. You, you made it. You made it through the bio. You made it through the, um, anything else that's on your profile. And then you've matched. And then that whole span of time from when that person is sitting in your inbox of people that you've matched with until going out on the date is the longest part and then the most likely to fizzle out. Um, and so I controversially believe that you should send two or three messages. I think okay, give it says the bet. I think Coffee Meets Bagel ran an analysis where the, the most successful uh, amount of messages you should send is only five messages. Um, where Total back and forth or five per person? Per person. Okay. Um, and so if I was to do something, I've like experimented with it. So I, I've done my first message. Hey, let's get tacos. And it works. I would say <laughs> it has a very, very high percent success rate. Um, but I, don't, I didn't think that was the best. I think because there's still the factor that you are this creepy person that just wants to get tacos with me. And it's also just kind of a faux pas. People aren't really asking people out in the first message. But I think you really have to say something about their profile and translate that into an actionable date that you can go on within five messages. So let's say you are eating pizza in your profile picture. Very simple. Hey, I love that picture of you eating pizza. Where is that? And she'll say, oh, it was at Dom and Vinny's on 16th and Broadway. And you go, cool, I know a really good pizza place on 20th and Broadway. Why don't we go there this week? And I think that small enough interaction is enough to provide some sort of trust in you to go out on a date. I would probably say pizza's all well and good, but have you ever put a taco in your pizza so you can create your own homemade cheesy gordita crunch? Mm -hmm. Anything like that. You can level it up a little bit rather than just duplicating what they've already done. Absolutely. <laughs> and one other thing that is kind of relevant to picking your dates, but it's also something that I just learned. I, I, met, I had a lot of friends that worked at BuzzFeed, and they told me the secret to virality. Uh -oh. And I was just like, wow, this is, she's like, she made it very dramatic. She was like, do you really want to know like the secret to like what we all do at BuzzFeed? And I was like, yes, please tell me. And so what she said is the secret to virality is intimacy plus novelty equals virality. And so that is anything that you know well introduced with a novel concept, and that's virality. And so that's like BuzzFeed has a video of Americans eating McDonald's for the first time. Um, everyone knows what McDonald's tastes like. You can have a burger and you can eat chicken nuggets or whatever. Um, but if you've never seen anyone eat McDonald's, seen an American eat McDonald's for the first time, that's novel, um, and that can lead to virality. And they had the grandma smoking weed video as well. Oh um, everyone knows what smoking <laughs> weed is like. Everyone knows what their grandma is like, but no one has really seen a grandma high, mm -hmm. and so that's what introduced the virality to it. So when you're choosing your date, choose something that would be a normal date, but add a little bit of novelty to it to make it a little more interesting. Yeah. Have you ever had pizza on ketamine? <laughs> oh God. There was actually an events company that used to exist called Brooklyn Outfitters, and they would do this pretty well in the offerings that they had. Everyone knows what wine tasting is like, but have you ever done wine tasting while snowshoeing? Sure. In the mountains. Like, that was what they, they would take things that you're familiar with, 
and then combine it with something that you've probably never done or even necessarily heard of. One of them was like beer tasting and uh, wolf trail tracking. Perfect. And it's like, this is so cool. Like I can go get in a van and just like head out into the woods for a day and it's like under a hundred bucks and I can do it with a date or multiple dates. Either. Yeah. And we have this really cool novel experience, even if we hate each other, like the experience speaks for itself. Like they, they were just a mechanism for creating amazing date ideas. Goat yoga is the same sort of concept goat as well. Goat yoga. It's yoga, but we <laughs> threw some baby goats in there. And just because of that, it's a novel concept that people are willing to try. And I think the experience industry is catching on to that and really providing experience where you can do that, which you can just latch on to as an easy date. And that's also a very easy hook for millennials because they're not purchasing things, they're purchasing experiences. Um, I think I, I totally agree with this notion of making sure you're sending generally fewer than 10 messages across because I, I come into the industry um, not just with the you know counseling and consulting for online daters, but also consulting for the actual businesses, the dating operators. Um, and so it's interesting to think about just what are their actual metrics for the amount of time an average user spends on their app as a user. So like they may only have an account for a month. The average user in most online dating sites stays on for three to six months. So if you're chatting with someone, even if you match, this could be their fifth month and they're, they're piecing out at the end of the month. Um, it could also be that, you know, the average user spends roughly an hour per week across all online dating platforms. And usually they have fewer than three on their phone. The average user has one. Yeah. And so they have one platform, they're on it for under an hour. Like, how much attention are they actually going to be paying to your conversation? And you're one of maybe hundreds or thousands of matches. So in your message, are you actually going to capture enough of their attention that they're going to open their phone probably on a Sunday night or Friday? I think there's a couple different times throughout the week when people... Sunday night is the big Sunday one. night's the big also one. Also Mondays as well. Monday morning, like I, I've queued up so many brunch or lunch dates just based on messaging like Monday at 9 a.m. Because it's showcasing like, yo, I'm serious about meeting up. I messaged you early enough that we can actually queue it up for this week, and I've given you a number of days as options and interesting venue choices for what to do. Um, but the, the main thing to think about here is like how much actual attention do you have from this person? Because most people, I know men always make this really obnoxious mistake of expecting women's attention. And so they're like, how dare you not reply to me? It's been six minutes since I sent this message and you haven't even replied yet. Yeah. I saw that you viewed it. How dare you? They don't even acknowledge, like, maybe this person was, like, walking down the street, getting on the subway, they lost the reception, and yet suddenly they're spewing this hatred as though it's the woman's fault for not having replied in the expected time frame that the man set. It's ridiculous. And also people don't want to be spending time on dating apps. I mean, people want to build just enough connection that they feel comfortable meeting you. Anything past that is just wasted time and a potential pitfall to say something or say something boring or say something that turns them off that makes them don't want to meet. I and sent you an hola. I How dare you not <laughs> And I just think it's such a drastic difference in getting to knowing someone by texting someone on a dating app and meeting them in person. There are so many hyper-complex interactions and ways to understand someone and know someone better from an in-person interaction that would take weeks of chatting online to gauge. I think someone's got to come up with a golden ratio for this, but the amount of time spent in person is equal to 10 times, 30 times as much time you'd have to spend on an online dating app to get that information. So I think you should get 
to meet as quickly as possible, but I haven't yet figured out how what is the bare amount of comfortability mm -hmm. to establish before meeting in person because it is the bare amount. That's what you want. You want the least amount of time to establish enough rapport that this person is comfortable meeting you. And it, is it five messages? I don't know. If you do it right, it could be five messages. But I think I'm very interested in finding what that bare minimum is. I would argue that if someone's GIF and emoji game is strong enough, then I would get to know them very well, very early on. So within you know two, three messages, I already have a sense of whether this person thinks in the same style that I do and whether their emotional reactions to things are in line with what I expect. So I think there is something to be said about our new forms of communication that are being newly integrated into dating apps, such as being able to send GIFs, GIF, G-I-F, GIFs, um, and being able to use emojis pretty fluently, and also being able to send photos back and forth. Not all dating apps allow that because men just send dick pics and ruin it for everyone, but sure. I think if you have really good dexterity with language, you know, you're always going to be given the, a leg up in online dating because it's so language-driven. Uh, on that note, I want to get ready to close out. We can cover in a future episode what to do once you're actually on the date. I know we've covered most of the stuff leading up to sure. it so far. Uh, any closing thoughts, Max? I want to leave the listeners with a homework assignment. Um, basically, back to my rant talking about how you really don't need to send that many messages to get someone out on a date. Um, most people are way over in the talk for a week section, and few people are in the ask them out on the first date message. I want to challenge our listeners to reach out to 10 people and ask them out in the first message. They say, hey, that's not a very quick message, but say, hey, I saw the photo of you eating tacos. I know a really good taco place. Let's go get tacos. Even just let's go get tacos. Hey, do you want, you want to go get some tacos? Even You can even use just that line, but I, I challenge you to see how many people are down to go on a date with you if you ask them out on the first message? And I expect you'll be surprised to hear that it's more than you think. I want to add two little caveats to that. Sure. One is if your profile photos and profile itself can't back you up. Because if they see Let's Go Get Tacos, they'll be like, okay, I'll bite. Let me take a look through your photos. Oh, God, why are you holding a gun? I'm not getting tacos with that's you. True. Goodbye. Like, that's one caveat. The other one is you mentioned this novelty plus um, intimacy thing. So... Tacos is maybe intimate, not novel, so I would add to the challenge, don't just say tacos, like pick your own version of novelty plus intimacy that captures who you are. Yeah. Where if someone mentioned it to one of your friends, they'd be like, oh, that's definitely Max. Yeah. Like, only Max would come up with an idea like that. And I think that will be the one that really seals the deal for you, because if your profile and photos can back you up, then that kind of a message screams out to someone, like, this person is creative. Yeah. They're thinking really like, intensely about how to make for a good experience here. So I altered the challenge. <laughs> if your problem is establishing connection chatting and your, all your chats fizzle out, and if you have a profile that you think represents you, I challenge you to message 10 people to ask them out on a relatively unique date, and I suppose that at least three will go out with you <laughs> without having to do any effort. And you can send us your data, your results, because we would be overjoyed to kind of learn more about this. I would love to turn this into like a dating institute where we could learn more about um, how the average person is faring with the advice that we're putting out, because this is 
you know, it, it only can be considered good advice once it's tested and uh, implemented by people and we get the feedback on whether it worked for them and why it didn't work. So thank everyone. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Max. Max Alley. What was the name of your... Um, Matchup Dating Coaching. Matchupdatingcoaching.com? Yeah. Dot com. Matchupcoaching.com. Matchupcoaching.com. Max Alley, everyone. I'm Steve Dean signing off. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening. This has been an episode of the Modern Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Dean. And if you want to follow up or ask any questions, if you have suggestions for a future episode, you can contact me at steve at dateworking.com. Dateworking is the name of my online dating consultancy I've been running in the industry for the last seven years. So if you have any questions for me, obviously, I'm happy to answer. Uh, If you have any suggestions for people you'd like to hear on the show, by all means, send them my way. That's steve at dateworking.com. See ya.